This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Friday afternoon, December 22nd. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. We'll take a look at why dining out often seems prohibitively expensive these days. We'll cover that in our next segment. But first, a reading on inflation. New home sales and lower mortgage rates are today's highlights on the economic front. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Invest. Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com in Hammond. Chuck, thank you for joining us today. I'm going to spare you and everyone uh, my Barry Manilow impersonation, but when it comes to the soft landing, Chuck, it looks like we made it. Yes, and and uh, I was probably among the the rather large contingency that felt that the Fed was was not going to be successful in this. But I mean, at this point, you have to kind of tip tip your cap. I mean, so far. Looks like the soft narrative is a soft landing narrative is is going to hold, and the market is certainly indicating that by its behavior here over the last couple of months. And I guess uh, economists are going to be uh, debating this and researching 2022 and 2023 for the for the years to come. But it seems like uh, the American consumer uh, really, you know, carried the freight this entire time. Uh, they did. Now they had some help. There was a tremendous amount of stimulus that was was injected into the system here. So it wasn't. Uh, you know, they did have some some assistance in carrying the load, but they have done a pretty good job of that here, and that has helped the economy, and probably will continue to help the economy in 2024 avoid a you know a, a significant slowdown. And we're talking about the uh, Personal Consumption Expenditure Report, which is the Fed's preferred uh, read on inflation. Uh, their report for November it found out that uh, the core PCE, that price index, rose just a tenth of a percent in November. On an annualized basis, it's 3.2%. But if you look at it uh, on a six-month time horizon, core PCE up 1.9%. So now we're below the Fed's target. That's right. I mean, some folks will look at this and say, well, we're there. You know, the Fed's target's being 2% on a six-month basis. We're at 1.9%. Uh, and, you know, this this feeds into the, the continuing belief. And, and now you're starting to see some Fed folks come out and say, yeah, we're going to be probably, we're probably done. And we're probably going to be cutting rates next year. And now the question is, how often and how significant will those rate cuts be? The, the thing that people should keep in mind is, you know, what the Fed has done here is really given themselves ammo to work on the next recession because they raised rates and now they have some room to lower those rates. And I think that's partly one of the things that's feeding into, again, this soft landing scenario is that, you know, the Fed's got some weapons to fight if if uh, in 2024 the economy starts to slow and that being lowering rates. 
And then on the uh, uh, and and that's going to trickle through the economy in all sorts of different ways. And then the way that lower rates will especially be uh, seen and felt will be in the home sector. New home sales plunging in November. Uh, once again, that uh, that housing market is locked up. You have a lot of people uh, in existing mortgages who got uh, low rates during the co- the depths of COVID, and they don't want to give up those two and three percent mortgages. So a lot of prospective home buyers are literally on the outside looking in. They are. Now, there, there is some potential good news here where you're starting to see housing starts, I think, were up double digits, and that was probably as much to kind of the mild weather. But, uh, you know, the, the supply has been the issue, and you alluded to that in terms of, uh, you know, you can only build so many homes so quickly, and nobody is selling if they have a low rate. That could change if you start to see mortgage rates continue their downward move, and, and it is worth keeping in mind that mortgage rates are at about a seven-month low right now. Yes, still elevated relative to where they were 18, 24 months ago, but the trend is favorable. And there'll be an inflection point here if they continue to move lower, where people will feel more comfortable putting their houses up on the market, and, and there will be more demand for, for new homes as well. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com based in Hammond. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, get ready to indulge in 2024. A restaurant trends forecast includes vibrant flavor, sustainability, and immersive experiences. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Exciting times appear to be ahead for the restaurant industry in 2024, including new trends, flavor, and experiences. Joining us with a preview is Doug Roth, founder and president of Playground Hospitality in Chicago. Doug, thank you for joining us today. And before we talk about the future, let's talk about the present, including uh, the number one complaint by uh, restaurant patrons in 2023, it seems. And you can't uh, spend uh, five minutes on the uh, former Twitter without seeing someone uh, post their uh, restaurant bill and say, uh, this is a lot more expensive than it used to be. And that is true. I mean, everything's a lot more expensive than it used to be. But what is driving some of the price increases in the restaurant space, especially this year? Uh, One word, beef. Uh, It's up 28.6% over last year at this time. And as a result, uh, beef is also the number one item that people uh, tend to go towards. So restaurants are looking for other alternatives, like other types of cuts of beef and um, different uh, vegetarian items to help move people away from that so that they are feeling more comfortable with their check averages. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, there was a big run-up in the price of chicken and eggs because of uh, bird flu concerns. A lot of uh, uh, flocks had to be destroyed uh, because of the bird flu. Is there a similar situation uh, taking place involving cattle? Uh, I think it it probably is not. Uh, There's certain uh, new uh, legislation that's happening in California. Uh, I think you're also seeing that there's uh, fewer amounts of cattle right now that are necessarily going for slaughter. But I I, I think the real thing about this is you mentioned uh, bird flu. You mentioned we mentioned beef. Restaurants don't get credit uh, if you, in fact, um, raise their prices and then lower them. Uh, I, can you think, I can't think of anywhere where I went into a restaurant and says, geez, today's chicken is lower. 
it's it's unfortunately not like the stock market. It's it's always it's it's the same thing with gas prices where you notice when they go up but you really don't notice when they go down unless they go down by a lot. So I guess it's really it's our perception more than anything else and it sounds like that's a good a segue as any Doug in the discussion of trends in 2024. If you have one staple on your menu that is uh, getting a lot more expensive then you have to be a lot more creative in uh, in 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 sourcing your menu and it sounds like a lot of restaurants are up to that task. Exactly. As I was saying earlier, what uh, restaurants are doing is looking for alternatives at this point uh, so that uh, when a guest does go in, that they don't feel necessarily that they are, 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 are dining at uh, the top, top uh, four-star restaurant in the city. And in doing so, um, they're looking toward a couple things. One is, again, as we talked about different alternatives and beef and, and vegetarian items, but they're also moving towards uh, items, for instance, that may be a little outside the box, which would be veg- uh, which would be Asian or Korean, which in uh, pastas, which historically obviously have lower food costs. And then uh, it seems like there's there's more of a, uh, a trend toward experiences, especially uh, especially now, because you can get a meal anywhere and from anyone. But uh, there needs to be some showmanship. There needs to be some razzle dazzle. Well, that's that's a good point. Uh, personally, I've always believed that you wanted to transport your guests. As soon as they came into your restaurant, you wanted them to lose all their problems at the door, everything that they're thinking about that day, work, um, home, whatever it may be, and be able just to lose themselves. And so what we're trying to do today is create those memorable experiences. And that's really what hospitality is about. And then it seems like uh, chain restaurants uh, are going to proliferate next year um, simply because uh, they have the resources and the ability and the built-in fan base. Um, you'll see a lot of growth. In fact, that's what I'm reading about. Um, it, it could be Lazy Dog. It could be uh, Cheesecake, for instance, just got rated uh, the number one uh, multi-unit um, uh, chain. Um, it, it, it's, it's interesting uh, as, as far as those restaurants. But Chicago's never really um, been that strong as far as appealing to uh, chain restaurants. We have so many great operators here that um, most, believe it or not, operators of chain restaurants have not done as well here as they've done in other, uh, other cities. And then lastly, Doug, I mean, I think part of the, you know, the, the price increase discussion really has to take into consideration uh, just the economic turmoil of the last four years. And even though the restaurants are packed now, uh, they are making up for uh, many months when they couldn't host customers at all. So where is the restaurant industry uh, in total? Like how much of a recovery has taken place from the depths of 2020? Well, I, I think things are are evolving nicely. What's really interesting, and, and, and hopefully for another segment, is why today uh, that 6 p.m. is the new 8 p.m. And what's happened as far as how uh, COVID has changed the way that we are dining. And seeing that is affecting how restaurateurs operate. We're also seeing a lot of entertainment, uh, pickle, for instance, uh, and chicken, uh, playing pickleball and, and having uh, chicken concepts are, are growing like crazy. Um, so I think, again, it goes back to what your original question was about um, having those uh, entertainment and experiential opportunities. And um, I think that's what we're going to continue to see. Well, Doug, I don't know about you, but uh, I eat earlier because i got to be home in time to watch the Golden Girls. So, uh, you know, that's that's just me. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's one of the points is that Netflix is one of the reasons that people are going home early. 
uh, is that they want to see their the the particular shows that they're watching. Uh, so you're 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 right on the money. So instead of Netflix and chill, it's uh, Bill and Netflix. Doug Roth, founder and president of Playground Hospitality in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Give the gift of education this holiday season. Today we're exploring the power of 529 plans. Joining us with some need-to-know advice is Sherry Greco-Rikus, co-founder of Rappaport Rikus Capital Management in Chicago and author of the book Maximize Your Return on life. Sherry, thank you for joining us today. And uh, as far as uh, giving the gift of a 529 plan, uh, that is one way you could maximize your return on life because uh, it's more than just an act of generosity for a uh, uh, a grandchild. Uh, there could be advantages for you as well. Definitely. And you are maximizing the return on life of your grandchild or child. But the 529s are a great way to give the gift of education. First of all, you are the owner of the 529 and the beneficiary is a loved one, a child or a grandchild. The money then grows tax-free as long as it's used for qualified expenses for education. So if you used to open those old UPMA accounts when it came time for college, uh, your student or your child would have to pay the gains. There's also, if you open it through the Bright Start in Illinois, you can get a $10,000 state deduction per person. So if you're single, that's $10,000. If you're married, it's $20,000. So it's a win-win for your child, your grandchild, and you. And then uh, very quickly, just to, to clarify on that, the uh, tax deduction in Illinois for opening a 529 plan through the uh, Bright Star program, uh, is that for the parent or is that for the, grandpar- the a grandparent or just for anybody uh, who's opened a plan and has a designated a child as the beneficiary? It's whoever contributed to the plan. So if the parent contributes for the grandchild or the child, it's the parent and the grandparent and, and, and on and on. So it's the contributor, not the beneficiary, not the person who will get the benefit of the funds for their education. And then uh, just to take the long view here for any uh, grandparents who may be listening right now and are thinking about potentially uh, setting up a, uh, a college education fund uh, for their grandchild and contributing to it, uh, in addition to what the uh, parents are kicking in, uh, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, you can just, you know, open a Bright Star College Fund account. Uh, You can give up to this year $17,000 per donor, and it does not affect your estate plan or go against any of your exemptions. And you can, I mean, I do it if you can before your end. So if you want to give $10,000, you get the deduction in 2023. And of course, uh, it's it, it, the the when when does the IRS uh, year end? Is does it end on December thirty first, or is there a, a last day of business in order to uh, be eligible for that deduction this year? It, it I mean, obviously, check with your tax advisor, but it is twelve thirty one. It does end at the end of the year, and you know, I you know, you can make you can make the contribution. You still have a couple days to do it. Sherry, but I do it early. I wouldn't wait till the last day. Sherry Greco-Rikus, co-founder of Rappaport Rikus Capital Management in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs 
bags like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. West Suburban Elburn has received its first busload of migrants from Texas. There is an important concern for those who are traveling for the holidays. It's Entrepreneur Friday on the Noon Business Hour. We'll introduce you to a former gang member who now owns her own business. Plus, the seven-day trading period known as the Santa Claus Rally gets underway today. Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 60 points. The Nasdaq is up 64. S&P 500 is up 19. We have 44 degrees right now in Chicago with light rain topping our news at the half hour. Officials in West Suburban Elburn say they received their first busload of 38 immigrants from Texas at their metro station yesterday. Elburn Village President Jeffrey Walters says the bus companies are trying to avoid having their buses impounded in Chicago. He says the village board will consider requiring a permit to drop passengers at the station, but had this response when asked what if the migrants were just left there. Well, that's just it. We don't have a hotel. We don't even have a bed and breakfast in Elburn. We have really no space to deal with that. Obviously no budget. But yeah, honestly, um, I don't know what we would do if they decided not to go down the train. We, we just don't have any facilities out here. The city of Chicago and closer suburban cities have banned unscheduled drop-offs, impounded buses, and fine drivers, which has led bus companies to drop off migrants in other outlying suburban cities with metro stations. With people now heading to holiday destinations, there's a big concern for many of them. Flu, RSV, and COVID cases are all on the rise. That's concerning to those hitting the road for Christmas. If you're traveling, you have to be in close proximity to other people. So hopefully everyone stays healthy. Linda Bush just got her seasonal flu and RSV shots. I just got them yesterday. Nice sore arms, but I feel a lot better than that I can fight it off. Doctors say vaccination rates are lagging across the country. Jim Crisula, CBS News, along Interstate 40 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are up. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Jim, thank you for joining us today. And the uh, the streak of good news when it comes to inflation remains uh, unbroken with the uh, PCE report out today. 
Yeah, there's, there was a, a, uh, a pivot, if you will, to use, to use the Fed's words, on perceptions of inflation a few weeks ago, and it's continuing as the data rolls in. Uh, it appears that the Fed uh, pulled it off. Uh, based on what you know now, the economy in the fourth quarter is growing uh, at, at about 2%. Uh, maybe a little bit more. Inflation is rapidly ratcheting down to the Fed's goal. Uh, it looks like profits are going to grow in the um, in, in the fourth quarter that we're in now, and and the peak in rates, the, the, the beginning of rate cuts is on the horizon. So it's a positive cocktail for risk assets, for bonds, for stocks, and uh, let's enjoy it while we can. And it sounds like the uh, MVP of the soft landing is the American consumer who uh, spent through the entire thing. Yeah, I guess the risk is, uh, and 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 it's not. It would not be my baseline. Uh, the risk is that we wake up next year and find out that they they spent what they had, and that all of a sudden uh, the consumer slows down more than is than is apparent now. Uh, but with the job market still reasonably tight and uh, jobs growing and wages growing, it looks like the consumer is going to power through. I think the the greater risk is with Congress because when they get back in January. They're going to have a full plate in terms of um, uh, funding the government. Uh, and if they're not successful in doing that, I think that could create uncertainty uh, in, in the markets. Yeah, we're back to the government shutdown discussion because uh, the can stops rolling uh, sometime in January. And then uh, some, some stocks of note today, especially this is an interesting one, especially uh, with the holiday season here. And that is Nike dropping 10 percent, the stock dropping 10 percent after lowering its sales output. What, what kind of story does that tell if uh, Nike is revising things down especially at the end of the year yeah well what you're seeing the pattern on the on the good side of the economy and the production side of the economy is is of uh, on on balance softness but on the services side on the experiences side uh it continues unabated you saw carnival cruise lines yesterday saying uh, they expect a record year in 2024 and they're, they're fully booked for the next six months so people are out there doing and seeing and traveling and flying and eating, uh, but uh, uh, they they are pausing on on the good side of the economy after splurging during the pandemic. And then, what is the economy going to look like once uh, the, the the perception catches up to the reality? Because uh, a lot of people are still smarting from the price increases. And in fact, uh, there was a, a graph I saw yesterday that said that uh, food prices spiked uh, at their highest level since 1970 in the last two years. Of course, the price of food has gone down once again, but it proved to be a very traumatic and memorable experience for a lot of people. Yeah, it, 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 it appears that consumers are, are more upset by the level of prices than the, than the, than the rate of change. And so while the, the good news on inflation is, is good for everybody, it's not being rap- rapidly absorbed in the consumer psyche uh, to, to, um, to the regret of the politicians that are in office. But don't forget, you're now at a point where wages are rising faster than inflation. So that should make uh, that should make consumers and wage earners 
increasingly um, uh, optimistic as we work our way through 2024. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, ClearSet Advisors in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, transforming lives through culinary empowerment. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday on the Noon Business Hour. Today we meet Lakeisha Hunter, a former gang member who turned her life around, is now the owner of the food truck and culinary business, That Jerk Spot. She's also expanding her non Nonprofit Rise Above the Ordinary, a mentorship program that helps at-risk youth develop skills in the restaurant industry. Lakeisha, thank you for joining us today. And, you know, I cannot help but think of a line that really spoke to me in Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential, uh, just about who makes up a kitchen crew, that it's it's hot, it's cramped, <laughs> it can potentially be dangerous, and you have all sorts of people who come from all sorts of backgrounds and different walks of life and different circumstances but when you're thrown into that mix, if you can do the job, they don't care about your past. You can do the job. Was that your experience? Um, that is actually a good, a good, a good way of bringing this in because this is very important, Rob. Thank you for having me. Um, it's actually not my experience uh, with the youth and young adults that I am bringing in to the um, industry of culinary arts and training, which is uh, why we're um, going forth with a fundraiser to buy another food truck because of their background. Some minimum um, levels of um, crime or background offenses um, are accepted into the food service industry and restaurants, and there are some that just cannot get a job because of that background. So I, that person that's in in the trenches trying to provide job and provide income and even entrepreneurship for those with these particular backgrounds. Is it very important when it comes to mentorship to tell someone you can do something, you have a talent, you can, you you have these abilities that can carry you above where you are right now? Absolutely. That, that is what this mentorship program is about. Rise above the ordinary. Rise above the stigmas and the biases of those in the underserved community. Just because they're in the underserved does not mean they're undeserving of a second chance and opportunity to be to better themselves and provide for their families. And when you provide for their families, it, it provides, it changes the dynamics in their household and then into the community and where it also changes the crime rate that we're facing out here. And then you opened uh, that jerk spot in 2017. Uh, what have you learned? I mean, obviously, you have to be a skilled cook and, and, and know about presentation and, and things like that. But what have you learned about yourself as a business owner since then? What I learned about myself as a business owner is that um, there's a lot of red tape in this. There's a lot of commitment, and it's a lot of hard work. So what I choose to do um, in in that moment to quit or to rise above the ordinary is a very thin line, you know. So, but you cannot quit. You have to continue to push forward in this competitive market. This is a very competitive industry, the food service industry, because so everybody you have to eat. Everybody has to eat. So so everyone is a lot of people are building their brands and building their restaurants. So I got to make sure I stay on top and stay unique. And that's what I learned in this is to be unique, be authentically me and to give back, you know, to the community to help me get to where I am. And you cannot do it alone. Now, that jerk spot is a uh, it's a Caribbean uh, fusion restaurant. And when you went into the restaurant business yourself, uh, when you set this thing up and maybe this is the lesson that you impart to your mentees uh, when this food truck gets rolling uh, uh, 
is it do you, when you open a place uh, do you have to to follow your passion in terms of uh, the type of food that you like or do you uh, try to determine that it's it, I don't necessarily like this but it's underserved um, it's basically for the community who which you're serving who is your target market I can cook as a chef I can cook multiple things but I know um, Jamaican food and I know that the community loves his brand of food so I make myself unique in that area, and that's what I teach my participants and, and my mentees is make yourself different, make yourself more unique so you can stand out and be the difference in whatever product you're selling. So if it's, if it's Caribbean, whether it's soul food, just make yourself, set yourself apart, make yourself rise above everybody else. Lakeisha Hunter, owner of the the catering and food truck culinary business, that jerk spot in Chicago. And if you're interested in helping uh, rise above the ordinary, go go, rise above the ordinary. Go to one r a t o dot org. That's the number one r a t o. It stands for rise above the ordinary dot org. Still to come, jingle all the way to gains. The so-called Santa Claus rally kicks off today. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM. Noon Business Hour. Santa Claus is coming to town, bringing a potential gift for investors. The Santa Claus Rally on Wall Street starts today. Welcome in Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and Market Watch, based in Washington. Mark, thank you for joining us today. And the Santa Claus Rally is this period that starts December 22nd, runs through January 3rd. Historically, stocks were higher 79% on the, uh, of the time. So, uh, Mark, can you explain the uh, causation behind the correlation? If only we know for sure, but we have lots of theories. One theory that I think makes the most sense is that most people are not participating in the market over that period of time for the entirely reasonable factors of wanting to spend time with family and reflect on the year that's coming to a close and so forth. And so they're really not that focused on the market. And so there's not a lot of liquidity there. And so you can exploit these seasonal patterns. There are patterns that have existed the rest of the year, but so many people are following the market at those other times that they are quickly arbitraged away, leaving no potential for the rest of us. So I think that's one major factor. Another is that there's uh, this last week of the year is when tax loss selling and end of quarter window dressing by mutual funds comes to an end. And that has been artificially depressing prices for the weeks up till now. And when you take away that artificial downward pressure, there's a bounce back rally. So those are two of the major theories, at least, that uh, explain why the market has this upward bias. Yeah, you have a lot of uh, investors uh, selling their dogs on the year so they can uh, mitigate the tax hit from their winners next year. And it seems like the uh, the, the Santa Claus rally is fairly uh, egalitarian. Uh, doesn't care if you're rich or poor, he loves you all the same. And that's uh, the case, uh, good year, bad year. And uh, this is, the, and this is uh, undoubtedly a good year, and the Santa Claus rally is here. Well, that's right. I went back and looked to see if there's any correlation between this, the uh, the magnitude of the Santa Claus rally and what the market has done up until the point when Christmas has occurred. And it turns out there's no correlation. So there's egalitarianism there as well. So it doesn't really care whether you're in a bull market or a bear market. The market tends to have this upward bias to about the same degree uh, between Christmas and this first couple days of, uh, of January. Now, I mean, there, there are some investors who uh, stay involved in this, you know, every day of the trading year, including the extended holiday weeks. Um, so how do investors approach the Santa Claus rally, knowing that it's going to arrive uh, more often than not? 
Well, that's right. There's a good question. There's two things to say. One is if you go ahead and, and this, by the way, this is just play money. You're not trying to risk your entire retire, retirement portfolio, for example, on short-term bets. But if you have some play money and you want to, it's sort of like putting money down on a, on a roulette wheel or something at the casino, you could put your money in the market today and hope that the market will be higher at some point between now and the first couple of days of January. You could on the one hand, you could bet that the market will be higher on January 3rd and not do anything between now and then. Another strategy would be to put the money in the market now and then just whenever the market is high enough to make it worth your while between now and then, you don't know when it'll be, you can take your money off the pay- the table at that point. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and Market Watch, based in Washington. Thank you for joining us today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.